happy Saturday night football. Let's channel it under the lights, just like we did in 1992 under Harry Redknapp with Efran Akuku, Jimmy Quinn. Because both teams like to attack, um, and I think I think we'll come away quite happy on, on Saturday. Yeah, it can galvanise us a bit, and we can get that more complete all all round performance. Um, it's going to come sooner or later, I'm sure of it. So why not on the weekend of fatigue Newcastle? Oh, Corner in from Lewis Cook. Decent one in. Gets flicked on. It's anyway. It's goal. Solanke again. A goal from a corner. Would you believe it? AFC Bournemouth have scored a goal from a corner. Rock and roll, baby. Cherries in Focus, episode 18. Welcome to Cherries Red Army. Wherever you are in the world, we hope you're having a great start to the week. We are live, streaming live on YouTube and Twitter right now. Tell us if you are with us. I've got John, Matt, Steve with me. They're going to be talking about that game on Saturday. What a superb performance. Our first home win against Newcastle in the Premier League. Our second win of the season again at Dean Court in this Premier League campaign. Subscribe to the channel, hit the like button right now and get your thoughts in the comments if you're watching this back on replay. We've done a few episodes now of Cherries in Focus. It's a weekly show. We're loving what's happening with the channel right now and we want to add a little element to this. You can get involved in the chat right now. I'm going to ask the guys if they've got a moment of the match day weekend. It doesn't really have to be a goal or something that happened in the game. Absolutely anything that made them smile, maybe had a chuckle. Look, let's go round the room. John Spark, from your winning and watch along on Saturday, what's your moment of the weekend? Um, yeah, so my moment of the weekend, I suppose, would be us us notching a few stats off uh, as, typic- as typical fashion for me um, in just the result of that game, really sort of you know, scratch- scratching off a few issues that we've had in terms of results, just First time we've scored first and won a game. First time we've been more than two, got more than one goal ahead in a match. Um, just, just getting, getting a few monkeys off our back with that result. First time we've beaten Eddie Howe since he left. All these kinds of things that have popped up in that one, and uh, and to do it live on the watch along with the. Uh, uh, was brilliant, and thank you for everyone that did join me for that. Uh, had a few, had a few fans that joined that weren't Bournemouth fans, which was great to see as well. Uh, who popped in and asked a few questions. So thank you for everyone that joined in for that one. Stephen Dyer John says, just like to compliment John John's work on Saturday for the watch along. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Stephen. Matt Davies, it's going to be a great night. Looking forward to this stream. How are you? What's your moment of the match day weekend? Yeah, I'm well, Kirk. Um, I, I think. Probably for me would be uh, Kieran Trippier's altercation with his own fan um, or Newcastle fan altercation with Kieran Trippier afterwards. It just it all it, it never ceases to amuse me and and uh, make me smile really and make me make me delighted. The fact of what happens when little old Bournemouth turn over one of the so-called big clubs and, and how they sort of go into meltdown, whether it's a, a fraction of minority of their fan base or or whatever it is, but there's always something. And after we beat a so-called big team, um, there's certain sections of that particular fan base that just can't can't cope with it, can't handle it. And it just, 
it just really amused me when I when I when I saw all that unfolding and I had talk sport on um afterwards because obviously watched the game in the pub live, couldn't get a ticket Saturday. So I was driving home, had talk sport on and all the Newcastle fans were calling in. Just complete meltdown and overreaction from a lot of them. Quite reasoned from a couple of them as well, to be fair. But when you hear about that altercation and what went on, you just think nothing really changes of us. We're still and probably always will be little old Bournemouth in this David and Goliath cup tie type situation when we beat a big club. So, yeah, it just makes me chuckle. What is it? Nine years since we went up to the Premier League, eight years, whatever it is. And um, still happening. Isn't it? Yeah, we'll keep battling away, Steve. And we were wearing that top, the one you're wearing right now. And we picked up the three points on Saturday. How are you doing? What's your match day moment of the weekend? Mine's actually just changed because I just watched John's celebration in the watch along. And I didn't realise that John did an impression of um, Mo Farah when, he, when we score. <laughs> he, just went, he went like this. <laughs> I didn't realise you did the Mobot, John. You're on mute. Realise I'm on mute. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realise I was doing that. Yeah. That just I made suppose me, that, it kind that, that of just, was. That just made me giggle as we did the intro. No, but um, if I had to, what I was going to come up with, it was just the, um, not really a funny moment, but just the sort of, the vibe around the place. And I'm not just talking after the, the game uh, this week. It was sort of, it was the whole thing. I think you obviously had the armistice and all that, you know, we did a little minute silence. Um it's very respectful as always. Um, but the, the vibe, I got in there early this week and I, I hadn't done that for a long, long time. Got in there an hour early and sort of took in what, you know, the pre-match stuff. He had the, you know, Zoe was on the mic and uh, she was, she did excellent job. And we had the, the, the DJ playing, banging out some tunes and it was, yeah, it's nice. And, you know, just things felt good. And even for like, one of the cameramen just donated a program to Adam, my little son. I don't know if you, many people will know him, but you know, it's just little things. It all just seemed to feel right. And then within two minutes, you know, within a minute, actually, Ryan Christie's had a shot and you think, well, this is going to go, it's only going one way, isn't it? And it was on target. So do you know what? And then afterwards, you know, uh, you know, the kids sort of met, you know, met the cut players, got Adam, got a little picture with Semenyo there. So that was good. So, yeah, it was a really nice vibe on Saturday. And obviously, win massively helps, doesn't it? Adam, great lad. What a throwback night at Dean Court. Can only echo that, Steve. It, it felt like some of the old days where we've had some great nights at Dean Court. Let's say hello in the chat then. Stephen Dorr again. Thank you very much, Morgan. Hope you're having a good start to the week. Thank you very much, Chris Hubble. Aaron Kay. Evening, lads. Feet up. Looking forward to this one. We can confirm Aaron Kay has not got an ankle injury. He's just being rested. He'll be back <laughs> soon. Mark Cole, thank you so much for your contribution on the Match Day vlog on Saturday. Great to see you, Mark Singleton. Always good to see you in the North Stand before the game. Thank you very much. And for your lovely comment as well on the Match Day vlog. Matthew Gale, thank you very much. What a second half performance on Saturday. It was a joy to watch. Ollie Harrison, how are you? Lee Sibley, I'm going to come to my moment of the Match Day weekend now and that's the vlog and I'm sure you can all appreciate I got to bed at 1am after editing because it was a late late kickoff and you know what there's lots of great moments on that Saturday night but on the Sunday to receive so many comments from Newcastle fans and Bournemouth fans 
and just respectful comments just to appreciate the time that goes into it. I know you all do anyway, but to go to bed at one, I was so tired Sunday and Lee Sibley sent a lovely comment amongst the others that did it and um, just saying it felt like you could be at the game if you're not at the game. And that's what I'm trying to achieve with, with the match day vlogs when we do them. So thank you very much. Sammy, hope you're doing very, very well. Carol Toller, good to see you again on another stream. Alan, thank you very much from Finland. Lots of you. What a performance. We've also got Terry in there as well with a an extensive comment and lots of them to come this evening on this stream. Also, I want to take this moment then as we're talking about great stuff, more subscribers, more likes on the videos and more monthly members. We've just increased again. So thank you very much to Nina, Matt Gell, I know he's been a recent um, member, Nick Gillings. So if you are a member, thank you very much. You can become a member. Join the channel at buymeacoffee.com slash Cherries Red Army or simply donate. Guys, I mean, I'm sure you'd, you'd appreciate, John. I mean, it's massive for us, isn't it, to continue these streams and improve our equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these uh, StreamYard itself, the, the thing that we're sort of going live on and the things that we record on, that costs monthly subscriptions. We helps to sort of improve our equipment. Um, you know sooner or later maybe it might pay for a match day ticket or two you never know um you can write it off as a vlog on expenses kirk um but it's no it's it's all about making sure that there's there's content for everyone uh to, to watch it on the channel and before we move on to anything else can i thank aaron as well who did join me on the uh, watch along before the game uh, at halftime and after as well to get to um for me to get us a second opinion on that so uh so thanks for it for him for joining me on that brilliant so on saturday the Cherries took on Newcastle. There was some big decisions for Andoni Iriola to make. He made them and he stood by them. Some of them included who was going to play in goal. Was Lloyd Kelly going to play centre-back or left-back? Who was going to play centre-back if Lloyd Kelly played left-back? Lewis Cook was back in the side. And who was going to sort of help the situation with the missing Alex Scott? Steve. We'll dive into many parts of that game, but it just felt like even nil-nil at half-time, I had a good feeling. I just felt like we were going to win this game. I said at the start on the vlog that I would have taken a draw, but as the game developed and more injuries hit Newcastle, they brought Matt Ritchie off the bench. It just felt like it was swinging our way and a massive chance to get another home win. Yeah, it, it was... I did, Well, at one point I thought... Oh, look, we, we've had so many opportunities this first half and we just can't seem to be clinical and put one of them away. And I, I, there was an error of inevitability about it. But at the same time, there was also that thing in the back of my mind thinking, well, actually, they haven't really caused as many problems. And they've had, like you say, uh, was it? Uh, I can't remember who went off now. But yeah, like Matt Ritchie came on. and Almiron. Think, uh, Almiron, yeah. It was about 36 minutes, something like that. And he, you just thought... Blimey, if they're bringing Matt Ritchie on and, you know, he's not one of these ones who's trying to make an impression on the gaffer. He's, he's you know, he's, he's just sort of deep, deep squad player nowadays. Um, and obviously they started with the likes of Lewis Miley as well, who's made his Premier League debut. See, as we said last week, it's, it was no better time to play them. And I thought for, well, pretty much all of the game, we were the better side. Quite, and And... I know, you know, we we can caveat that with saying they had a very depleted squad. They did, but you can only play what's in front of you. We um, 
we went about our business. I was very surprised actually how how well we went about it. Um, I mean, we come on to talk about it more, but I thought, as I mentioned last week, I said, you know, I know you've clipped this up and put it as a bit of an advert today, but there's there's the things we've been seeing from Iriola and the little bits and pieces, time, you know, here and there, they all seem to come together on Saturday quite nicely and everything sort of clicked and everybody sort of knew what they were doing. I, uh, you know, it, it just, I didn't ever, ever feel like we were in trouble at all, even when they had clear-cut chances. I mean, the one second half, I think it was Gordon, he gets through, there's a massive gap. And it just, I, didn't, I don't know, I was confident that Neto was going to save it. And, you know, that's great for him coming in because he was one of those doubts. You know, yeah. we all thought there might be a case for Travers to, you know, because he's come back off his loan. Then Radu's nowhere to be seen. It's, it, you know, and the people that came in did not let him down. They gave absolutely 100% on Saturday. And we got everything we deserved out of that game. Steve, are you going to live off that Mystic Meg prediction all season? Surely there's got to be more predictions that are going to come right for you, surely. <laughs> I just wish I could get one right on the actual betting slip, not not just what, something I do here. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's talk about Neto. I think it was a big call. In the match day vlog, I, I was surprised. I was expecting Mark Travers to be in between the sticks. But what he did say was it meant that Neto had to have a blinder. He couldn't have any errors in this game because the fans would have been on him and, and they would have called for Andoni because... It was a big decision. We know that it, you know, we know that Neto struggled this season. He's played into some errors, and and it's it's made the defense a little bit edgy. But it, but he was good, and he got a clean sheet. Look, I look at Neto's performance and think that everything that come his way, I, I would want him to deal with it. But where he was, it was a big moment for him. He needed that clean sheet. He needed a good game. He got the band back on his arm. Good for Neto. Looked like a different man to me. Looked like a different man. And whether whether or not, I mean, we all speculated whether the injury was genuine and things like that. It, it could actually be a um, a bit of a masterstroke from uh, from Iriola, potentially, and, and a great bit of man management um, in, in keeping him out for because maybe he just needed that little break away. Need to be needed to be pulled out of the firing line. Um, I believe he's had a lot go on in his in his personal life. I think he's lost his he's lost his mum, hasn't he? Quite recently, so. You know, footballers are human beings as well, and we have to we have to sort of take into account the, the 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 kind of impact that that might have on a on on a person, let alone a professional footballer at the the top level with the scrutiny on him, the spotlight on him, game in game out, day in day out. You know, it, it's bound to have an effect on him mentally as well as physically, um, and that and that's what people forget sometimes. And I th- and I, I think you know wh- it, whether he was had a physical injury or not. Uh, clearly is is I think mentally he was struggling I really do and I just think that this little break out of the team has done him the world of good it's reinvigorated him he, he looked like he come back a a new man and a new keeper on Saturday and, and as you say Kirk he he did the basics right he did everything you'd expect him to do but he just had a different feel about him and he, he just he looked more assured um, he looked calmer um, he, he looked you know he, he looked up for it as well and and so whether or not he was injured, pulling him out of the team for that, that period of time, I think it's just done him the, the, the absolute world of good. And, um, you know, he's, he's our captain at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, he's, so he's a big figure within the football club. So obviously, if he's fit, he, he, preferably Iriola is going to want to pick him. But he's, he, he's, only, he's got to pick him on, on, on merit as well and on, on form. And he hadn't been on form, had he? So he's, he's taken him out. He puts him back in. Big call. But 
it was the right call. And I'm just really pleased for Neto and hopefully he can now kick on because we need that assurance in our in our back line moving forward. And that had a knock-on effect then to the back four. You could see it all game. They looked calm, they looked assured, they looked solid, they were a unit. Um, the challenge for Iriola now is to just pick a settled side. He, he's achieved big things on Saturday. Uh, this, this has got to be a watershed moment and a turning point, really. The challenge now is for him to find his, his best eleven. Barring a you know a couple of players that obviously come back from injury and really stick with those players and, and and take it on. And interestingly, John, that back four when you see Lloyd Kelly and you don't see Kirkes, you know he's left back. So there's Mepham. No, Mepham's back on the bit on the on the on the bench, but he's been an absolute star for us when he's come in. So Nessie comes back into the side, struggled at times this season defensively. His pace. On the turn worries me a little bit, but what I like about Sanessi, and Steve has spoken about this before, is his passing. His range of passing on Saturday, John, was so, so good. You can see the numbers there, 87% accurate passes. The variety in his passing, long, short, he contributed towards one of the goals as well. Was you impressed as you were doing the watch along how good Sanessi was on the ball? Yeah, I was. Um, I have to say, I think Sanessi, the thing that I think is the best part of Sanessi is his ability on the ball. But then it's not just necessarily, it's it's not just that. It's also, and I feel as though by having Kelly at left back, this we're able to utilise this aspect of Sanessi. He is very aggressive when marking his, his man and goes heavily in for interceptions. The amount of times he picked the ball up from a loose Newcastle pass that was trying to get to the right winger or the striker and he just nips in in front and suddenly you've got Sanessi bearing down on the Newcastle um, penalty area with everyone else of the front five pushing with him and you think something might happen. And a couple of times that's happened through, throughout this season and it's none of them have quite paid off to get to, to us to a goal, I don't think yet, but you feel like something could happen with that one. And whereas with Kirkes being at left back, you worry that if your centre-back there pushes out, and he manages to lose it or we end up making a mistake. You worry a little bit, particularly as Zabani has had the odd issue when defending on you know on the ground rather than being in a one-on-one duel. But Kelly is such a, a reassuring presence um, who's able to just... His recovery pace helps you get out of a lot of situ- difficult situations. I feel it works really, really well at the moment. I still feel certain situations Kirkes will work, um, but in in that case, I, I don't think Kirkes and Sanessi can really work as a partnership on the left hand side in in defensive strength. But um, I mean, it was it was catching on because Kelly had some of his best long passes, uh, a couple of really nice long balls, um, and Zabani played one pinging ball from right side to left that I've never seen him pull off before so it was catching on uh, amongst the back line um, and a comment for Aaron's as well who I feel as though just had a another solid game I, I think that it was also nice to see him get forward I feel I feel he definitely got more forward more in that game I do feel like maybe he didn't put in quite the level of crosses he didn't get the assist obviously like he did against Man City for our one goal there but um, I think the entire back line was just really really positive uh, to see yeah, Steve, I mean, you've highlighted Sanessi's passing where you think he might have this little bit of versatility if we get really stretched, that he could maybe adapt and help us. You must have been impressed with Sanessi on Saturday. And I thought Sabani had one of his best games this season. Sabani's played every minute, but he looked more assured as well. Yeah, it's a good point that um, John just made there. But I was 
even though his passing was brilliant on Saturday, I thought what what stood out for me with Sanessi was his ground jewels, and he was so quick into the challenge. He didn't give Joe Linton, whether it be Joe Linton, whether it be Gordon, he didn't they didn't give him a minute receiving the ball. He was right up behind them, sticking a leg round, trying to get win the ball back or muscling them out of it. Um, and that that was great to see. And and it's interesting what John said there about how the passing thing sort of grew within the back four. Because I thought at the beginning of the game, it's kind of right, because at the beginning of the game, it just seemed like we were keeping possession, but it was only really Senesi that was spraying the ball around. And then then Kelly started to do it. And then a bit later on, I think Zabani did. But it was almost like they were, they were just looking for that opening, but it was only going to be Senesi that was going to play it. And like we've just highlighted, pretty much all of those passes, the long balls, um, were spot on. Um, and it is what he gives you. I mean, his his Achilles here was his pace. That's that's the only thing. But I think when he's in that sort of mood, um, and he's the one that comes out of defence and he sort of fills, he kind of mops up that little gap in between uh, our, our defence and our, our midfield. He sort of fills in there and he'll, he'll, he'll follow people into there and just bite into the tackles and don't give them a minute on the ball. And, and, the, and their attacks broke down all the time because of that. Um, so I think you've got to give your hats off to him. Um, I thought Kelly was superb again. I, th- I Actually, it's, I mean, it's no point going through the back. I think the whole team was superb, to be yeah. honest. I think the work rate was brilliant. I think Andoni made all the right choices, even though we say there was a few debatable ones. I don't know what the issue with was was uh, was with 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 Billing. Um, you know, I've heard some murmurings about this, that, and the other. He had a knock and social media posts and stuff like that. But Ryan Christie, what he gives you, and and, and as much as we moan about his numbers, uh, his incredible, incredible work rate. It is in. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how the guy does it. I mean, honestly, it's almost like he's he's just we we plug him into a socket, a two thirty socket, and let him just whiz around the because he just does not stop. It's not like he's battery powered because batteries run out eventually. He's just constantly <laughs> on the go. Uh, it's phenomenal, and that really I've said this before. When you take him out, our, our press seems to lose a little bit of impetus, and I'm not I'm not airing that billing, but I just think what you get from Ryan Christie. It's it's almost like you want to amalgamate the two of them. You just want to get Christie and Billing, mash them together, and you'd have a, one hell of a player. But unfortunately, we got to have one or the other. And I thought he was absolutely astounding on the weekend. Um, Lewis Cook came straight back in, looked like he'd never been away. Um, we've already touched on Neto. I thought Cliver looked lively getting forward. He had a couple of pot shots. Semenyo. I mean, I said this in last week. I said if he, if we get him down the wings and like running at players, running at their fullbacks, whether it be Trippier, whether it was, uh, I can't remember the, it was a young lad, wasn't it, on the other Lewis side, Hall. Lewis Hall, yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't want that. A young lad doesn't want a big, bustling, you know, strong, athletic, powerful guy running at him when he's just come in. Equally, Trippier didn't want it. They, they did move around as well. I don't know if you spit, spotted that, John, but they kept swapping sides. And it was just a handful. And Dom did what Dom does. Plus, he added a couple of goals in there. And it's great to see him already at his same total that he was at last season. 
Yeah, six goals for Dom Solanke already performing very well, Matt. But going back into that midfield, and Steve's right, you know, we can't clone Christine Billing. But what you saw in that midfield three was something we probably wouldn't have seen at the start of the season. You had Lewis Cook in there. You've got Ryan Christie. And now Justin Kluivert's picking up that role. I was worried. I was thinking, an opportunity here. I'm not sure now. I mean, Ryan Christie, Matt, he's ridiculous. I know I've criticised his lack of numbers. But if the team around him are performing and adding stats... It's okay. You can have Ryan Christie because he does give the team an awful lot. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan, as I've, I've said previously, due to his his, his his phenomenal, phenomenal work rate, which Steve's already uh, highlighted. Um, I've just got so much uh, admiration for that, and what he lacks, as we know, is is numbers. So maybe the answer is to is to is to drop him back a little bit if he can't be that effective in the ten, because you do need a ten that's gonna deliver numbers for you that's that's going to score goals and that's going to deliver assists as well if he can't do that then can he be effective in the eight role and and you know I wasn't so sure that 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 would be the case to be honest because we've already tried him as a winger then we now we've put him in the 10 role and it's almost like Iriola is saying well I love him so much he's he he works so hard he he didn't cause me a minute's trouble um his his attitude and his work effort is, is is beyond anybody else it's just phenomenal so I've got to find a place for him somewhere what do we do here what do I mold him into a number eight yeah possibly if if I can and we saw on on Saturday I think that that could be a possibility because um his work rate is phenomenal and you do need an engine in that midfield and and there isn't there isn't no there isn't no stronger perfect for it though than Ryan Christie yeah yeah I think he is because of the fact that he's He's uh, it all breaks down for him in the box. I think uh, maybe he is going to have to be pushed further back to get the to 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 to, to use him to the most effect really and get the get the best out of him for the, the sake of the team um, because of that work rate. Because you, your number eight needs to be your engine, doesn't he? He needs to be the engine that ticks things over in midfield, um, and that is Ryan Christie to a T. So maybe that is the the long term future for Ryan. And I hope so because he's just signed a new contract, and he, he did, you know, I, I saw some stuff on not like I go on social media much as you as you boys know, and everyone probably knows because I can't stand it. But I, I saw I saw on social media because I have a browse now and again on Twitter just to wind myself up um, when I'm in a bit of a mood and get even more angry. Stop watching um, my Twitter, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're the first one I see. <laughs> And um, I just saw a few people say, oh, yeah, that's not the future, is it? Why are we giving Ryan Christie new deals to 2027? Is that really the future? That means we're going to be, we're either going to be in the championship or we're going to be really struggling down the bottom. And I, I don't buy into that at all because, you know, we can't have a team of Ronaldo's, can we? We can't have a team of Mbappe's or whoever it might be. We, you've got to have workhorse in there. But it's, it's square pegs for square holes and it's horses for courses. And Ryan Christie offers a lot in that regard. And when you've got a player that works that hard for you and gives that much effort and commitment, which is what every fan wants to see, by the way, they want to see your players one to eleven, week in, week out, putting everything into the in, into a game of football. And that is without question, that is what you get from Ryan Christie, week in, week out. And if we can if we can make him as effective as possible within a functioning unit, within a functioning team, whatever position that might be in then I'm all for it. So I'm, I was delighted he signed the new deal and I was delighted with how he was utilised on, on Saturday uh, and what he delivered because I thought it, it was phenomenal. Um, 
if I had one criticism about the, you know, going back to the performance as a whole, I thought it, it all came together. It really did. Yes, we can talk about Newcastle being not at full strength and knackered from their European adventures and all the rest of it. That's correct. But I, I thought that we, um, let's give ourselves credit because I thought that we were we were brilliant on, on, on Saturday. We really were. And um, you have to give us credit. The only criticism I, I would have is that we've got to be more clinical. It should have been five. We, let's be honest. We should have scored five or six, without a doubt. Maybe they could have got one or two, but and we're delighted with the clean sheet. But we should have scored five or six in that game, and it should have been an absolute tonking, which would have done absolute wonders for the confidence. And what a statement that would have sent out to the rest of the league as well. So we we have to work on that. But it's encouraging signs, isn't it? We are we are getting there. We're keeping the faith with Ariola, which I'm pleased with. We made the decision to go with him. Have to keep faith with him. And now he's, he's, we can see a style, we can see a philosophy, can't we? We can see the way he wants to play. The players are starting to deliver it. All he needs now is to decide who his best 11 is and get a settled side on the football pitch. Um, and I think it's it's onwards and upwards. And I've seen a lot of pundits at the weekend talking about, oh, it's three from four going down. It's three from four. It's, you know, it's the relegate, it's the promoted three in Bournemouth. Nobody else is coming into it. You know, it's so early to be able to make in those states. Some of these pundits, you think... Sorry, excuse my language, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's November. It's November, Paul Merson. I'm talking to you. There's, there's others as well. There's, he's not alone. But come on, it's November. When has a league ever been decided in November? So much can happen between now and May. As we know, so many times, it's happened so many times before, teams can get dragged in, teams can be bottom or in the bottom three and finish mid-table. There's so much football to be played. You can't make those, those sort of sweeping statements or assumptions. I'm not for it at all. I still feel we can finish mid-table. I feel if we add bits and bobs in January, get our players back fit and get a bit of luck and Iriola starts to kick in and this this philosophy comes off um, and we start to really move forward, then I still feel it's there for us. I really do. Can I, Steve, can I just pick come up? In? Yeah. I just want to pick up the comment that Wing made there, that Ryan Christie is a, it's like a reflection of Harry Arter. And I think that's that's so true. If anyone remember, for people who do, and Sean Driscoll for that matter. Yeah, matter. yeah. I mean, I yeah. The, these two players, for more of the newer supporters, they were, oh, I mean, Harry Arter, everyone knows what he was like. He's like a dog with a bone. He just wouldn't leave, give people a second's rest. And I see that in Christie. He's he's everywhere on the pitch. He, I've said this before. It's almost like he, he just follows every follows the ball around at times. And you just think he's never he never gives up. I, I actually... Even, I actually see more O'Driscoll. Do you remember how frustrating O'Driscoll yeah. used to be, boys? Yeah, could remember, never score. He, he could never score because he never <laughs> delivered numbers. But he used to get picked because of his work rate was, yeah. was absolutely and his effort commitment. He was hundred percent assured. It's, it's all of that. It's all of that play up until the and the, you know we all know that Ryan Christie does chip in every now and again. So maybe that sort of eight role is is kind of you know crying out for for him really because. You do want yeah. someone who'll chip in with a couple every season from that sort of position, but you Maybe want that work it. rate. I mean, we can't say it enough. One, I just believe that when we don't have him in the team, we aren't as effective in a, in a, in our in our defensive work. And he's decent on the ball. Let's not let's not cut you know um, do him a disservice because he's he's neat and tidy. We see. I mean, if I go back to Brentford when he waltzed into the box, he just tiptoed around four or five players. Um, and we, and it's just like pull the trigger, right? Come on! But he does all the hard work really, really well, and that's what we you need somebody like that. You really do. I wonder if Ryan Christie, when he was seven, playing grassroots football <laughs> in Scotland, and someone said, "Ryan, stop 
chasing the ball around, be more organised. And he just kept doing it. And like, do you know what? He just keeps running. Just let him do it. Just let him do it. Um, yeah, Ryan Christie. Do you know what I find with Ryan Christie shooting as well? Is I don't feel he fully commits to it. Like, he, he feel like he doesn't want to miss the target because everyone criticises his numbers. So he just wants to hit the target. But his shots, they don't have enough venom in them for me. They And they generally wow. just go straight at the goalkeeper. But yeah, fantastic cost. performance. Yeah. I think uh, the, John, the first one on Saturday, it, 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 that, that's exactly what you mean. Because it, it just didn't really have that bite and zip in it. No. The second one, I just think it's a bit of a worldy save. It comes for a lot of players and Pope reacts really, ah, really well. That's a bit generous. It was pretty close uh, to him, to be fair. Okay. Uh, the first, yeah, I but... think I think he, the thing is, Christy tries to aim for the corners because if you look back at his Celtic highlights, he loved coming in off that right-hand side and bending it into the top left-hand corner. He, he wants to put that in that finesse finish, but he's just never really done it um, for Bournemouth. He's relied on deflections more than he has actually putting it in the top corner. Um, but uh, but he has but yeah the, I I think he hit that second one really well and and it threw a crowd of bodies but um, coming onto his midfield partner because I think a lot of a lot of people have been speaking about Christie and I I recognise that Christie was very good but I'm Lewis sorry Cook. the star for me was Lewis Cook yeah. and I I couldn't look past how good Lewis Cook was on yeah. Saturday I really couldn't as great as Solanke was I think it was I was delighted to see that Lewis Cook got the Man of the Match award on on Twitter from from supporters that voted for him. It was very close between him and him and Solanke. But I just think for a guy that was out for three games, he looked like he'd never been away. He was 100% fit. And I just think that while Ryan Christie works hard, I think Lewis Cook works smart as well. And I, I, one, of the, one of the most difficult things that a lot of teams have struggled to deal with against Newcastle is Longstaff in particular, but Will can do it, is that Longstaff makes this one run that gets that beats every single opposition back line. And he just goes in behind the left back, just runs past where a centre-back can't deal with him because they're too worried about the striker. And Lewis Cook followed him every single time he made that run. And he followed Joe Willock every time he made that run. And like Lewis Cook committed one foul. He was never dribbled past. He won every single aerial duel. He built. He beat Longstaff in the air a couple of times, for God's sake. Um, it was when I was looking at that lineup at the start, and you're looking at Lewis Cook and Ryan Christie with Cliver maybe occasionally helping out in midfield. Those, you know, really tall players going up against Longstaff. Miley, who's six foot something, and Joel Linton. Oh, well, Joel Linton ended up playing up front, but it was Willock. I just thought we were going to get dominated just physically, not not in terms of skill, but you just think those very aggressive, very tall, powerful midfield going up against Lewis Cook and Ryan Christie, who looked like they'd fall over in a light breeze. And yet they just absolutely dominated the middle of the park. And it was just amazing how strong we were with those two because Christie was great as well but I just think that defensive role if we don't have Tyler Adams that performance there from Lewis Cook was just like no he really can do that role like he really can there will be more difficult games because they were all because you know a good chunk of them were, were pretty knackers certainly Longstaff he played 90 minutes in in um uh Longstaff and Joe Linton played 90 minutes against Dortmund but yeah, I, I thought I thought Lewis Cook was 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 absolutely immense, and um, yeah, the and two of them were fantastic. By the way, John, this was the same Lewis Cook that all the fans, including us on here, were saying at the start of the season. Don't know what the future holds for Lewis Cook. Yeah, don't see a, don't see a place for him. Might have to drop down to the Championship. Don't see a future for him here at Bournemouth. Yeah, but so, Matt, yeah. 
Absolutely. Hats off to Lewis Cook and to Iriola. This is what the channel's about, right? We will praise the players when it's due. We'll criticise the players. This is we'll what I'm challenge saying, them. This is what I'm saying. So hats off to Lewis Cook because that yeah. was the case. It's not that fans were wrong or we were wrong in saying it. That was the case. But Lewis Cook has turned that situation around along with the manager and the coaching staff. Yeah, because do you know what, Steve? I would love Lewis Cook in this squad. I've always wanted Lewis Cook to be this thriving player that we got from Leeds United. But when you're looking at Bill Foley and he's saying, we want to progress, we want to finish 12th, I see Lewis Cook as a squad player. Where's the next Jefferson Lerma? But when he gets sent off against Burnley, are you going to own that? He owned it. And he came out and he apologised to the team. Exactly. He took accountability. Yeah. I can let it go. When a player takes accountability, what's your next plan when those games are up that I'm suspended for? I'm going to come back and I'm going to put everything in. And like John said, like Matt said, Lewis Cook was unbelievable because I think Lewis Cook struggles when he doesn't have support. He didn't really have support. I wanted Rothwell in there. He didn't have Rothwell. What a performance by Lewis Cook. He owned that, he owned that red card and he turned in a performance on Saturday. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a bit of an I, I need to make up for something performance, wasn't it? It was it was like he probably felt like he cost us the game against Wolves and you know he felt he had a point to prove. I'm just guessing. That's how I would have felt if I'd let my team down. Um I felt like I, you know, my next performance needed to be one that really sort of sh not shut everyone up, but you know, sort of made amends for what I'd you know, silly was was very uncharacteristic of him, and um, it, well, yeah, it's a rush of blood to the head or whatever it was. But yeah, Lewis Cook. When we when we first signed Lewis Cook, and he was he was this new little young starlet from Leeds. He he was he was really good for us. He had a couple of seasons. He he managed to get himself into the England squad. He made an appearance for the for England, and. You just thought under the tutelage of Eddie Howe, this guy's going to go. He's, he's going to go places. But for whatever reason, you know, things transpired as they did, and we got relegated. And the the poor guy suffered suffered, you know, a couple of injuries. horrific injuries. Injuries, yeah. yeah. And it, and for me, it really stifled him, and he's never quite been the same since. No. But those injuries are now a couple of years ago now, and he's he's had a couple more years under his belt. He's regained a bit of you know strength back and match fitness, whatever, he's had plenty of time to get that confidence back in his game. Because I'd imagine there's a period of time where you don't want a, a, rip, a, 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 a repercussion of that injury. Because um, that, that you know, we all saw the we all saw the film, they made the documentary film. It was a horrible time for him. So this must be that plan in mind. And he seems to have come through all that. And he's looked strong as I've ever seen him. He looks quick as I've ever seen him. And let's not forget, he's, he's now our longest serving player, I believe. And it, or apart from Adam, Adam Smith, Smith oh, sorry, yeah. you know, but um, <laughs> probably the second longest serving, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he's um, he's coming into his prime now, so he's you know, he's gonna be you know, I, I think he, he's he's he realizes he's got to make a step up if he's if he doesn't, he's gonna get replaced by one of these sexier names because let's be honest, I'm not trying to put him down, but Lewis Cook. You know the, the, the young lad from Leeds. It's not as sexy as some of these other players we've been linked with, which only John can pronounce their names and sort of. You know, it's uh, yeah, or, he's or a battler. Song. <laughs> eh? 
all that we've signed that are injured at the moment, i.e. Tyler Adams. Well, yeah, he's exactly. Not, but he's, he's a battler. He's what I'm saying is he's a battler, and he and he he wants to. He's shown he wants to fight for his place. Um, he's been through real bad adversity, and he's come out the other side, and he's looking as good as I've ever seen him, especially yeah. at that performance on Saturday. And that, that's the point I was just going to quickly make is that it goes back to what I was saying. We, we're all guilty of assuming that football players are a bit robotic at times. And yeah. you know, as, as long as they're physically fit, then they should be performing. What's the matter with them? But yeah. we seem to forget sometimes that they are human beings. And, you know, it takes a lot of mental strength as well, be it Neto losing his mum um, and having a bad time of things, Lewis Cook with his injury setback. So to show that that type of mental strength as well as physical strength, takes a lot and so you have to you know you have to tip your hat and hold hold your hands up and, and applaud that really with the likes of Lewis Cook that he's come through all of that he's come through you know he's, he's had a lot of criticism a lot of stick as well from from our own support his own supporters um and he's and, and he's not alone you know look at Lloyd Kelly look at Chris Metham look at uh, various players within the squad they have to come through they have to cope with that they're human beings at the end of the day so it does take a lot of mental strength mental toughness as well to come through so yeah full credit do hit the like button. Really enjoying this stream. We hope you are too. If you're watching this back on replay, thank you very much. Look, lots of good discussions happening. So do get your thoughts in the comments and subscribe. And I do want to, I do want to turn attentions very, very soon to the main man with a bow and arrow, Dom Solanke. But John, I feel like there's a little mention that needs to come in here. Good team performance, but some of that come off the bench. And again, I've been saying here for a few weeks going, don't quite understand why we brought him in. Don't see how he's any better than Jaden Anthony. He come off the bench. He flicks tricks. How he didn't score? Well, Nick Pope knows why he didn't score. Sinistera. What a, a, a poor performance off the bench. I mean, he should have had a goal. He probably walked off that pitch thinking, how have I not scored today? But I thought he was very good. It's interesting with Sinistera. When the sub was happening, John, I was thinking, what does this mean? Is Tavernier going to pop inside and Sinistera wide? And I was thinking, don't do that because I don't really trust Sinistera off the ball to do the work rate. And I think Andoni got it right. He kept Tavernier on the wing because he goes up and down. It just gave Sinistera that freedom. And as Newcastle were chasing the game, you knew that pockets and gaps would open. Sinistera drove into it, got many shots away. A little shout out for Sinistera. Yeah, when when the sub was made, I was I was similar to you as well. I actually thought that it would be Semenyo that would move in behind um, Solanke. Sinistera would go left, and Tavernier would go right. So you've got the inverted wingers coming in and and hitting on their favourite uh, favoured uh, feet. Um, but yeah, he he worked really well in the number ten. Um, I have to say, just as as a comment initially to the shape as well, it was something that that Aaron mentioned. Because I think Cliver, as much as he didn't, as much as he wasn't massively prevalent in the game, I think he had a decent show of things. And I think that he dovetailed well with um, Tavernier. When Tavernier just decided, I'm going to stand in the middle of the pitch for a while and do something, Cliver just shifted left and they just swapped effortlessly. And they were able to combine quite well at times. But when Sinistera came on in that number 10 role, again, it does help game state. We were one maybe two nil up when he came on either way we were leading when he came on and that does give him more opportunities to find those pockets but that looked much better from him he looked much more capable in that role with a little bit of space able to pull off his tricks um and the thing just just going more to the shape of things to have that number 10 admittedly it's not like christie doesn't play a number when christie was playing number 10 he would also be quite high up but I feel Christie quite liked going over to the wings a little bit. And he and he wasn't necessarily going close to Solanke. 
he would sort of try and find pockets, but he wouldn't get close enough to Solanke. What I felt with Cliver and Sinistera in this game, which I quite liked about the way that you had a much more offensive player in that role, was that Solanke had support. One of the most frustrating things about, I find, our long balls when they go up to Solanke is the wingers are still way out getting chalk in the boots, which means if the ball goes up to him and he wins the header and it lands near him, there's no Bournemouth player around to be able to pick up the ball. But Cliver got quite a lot of loose balls from, from that game. And I think Sinister would do the same it, that might be a position you start seeing Sinistera starting um because I don't I don't think he's necessarily the winger that the Iriola wants because he's not going to do the defensive work right um small shout out to Watara who I thought had a decent showing when he came on as well it's we're still in that mode where I think he just still needs to build the confidence and just yeah. know that he can do the job but I think he had a couple of nice moments obviously got a shot away as well could have done a bit better with it but I and again, Sinistera should have done better with his shots as well. But um, yeah, all, all around, it all worked really well. I do think that this worked particularly well because of the opponent as well. Whether it would work quite as well in other games, obviously, you know, we'll we'll preview Sheffield United in, in next week. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. It might well be game dependent as to whether we play quite such an attacking lineup. But uh, yeah, it was that that midfield three worked well. You could call it a midfield three. I don't know how much Clive was generally in the midfield, but uh, that that sort of formation and setup, I think, worked uh, worked quite well. John, sorry, just to butt in, John, when when you you mentioned there uh, that the, the swapping around almost seemed like effort, effortless at times. Did you notice it within the defence as well? Because I, I, I seem to recall a few times where, uh, where, where Aaron's would go and and they'd shift over into a three, and and it, it kind yeah. of it kind of kept you had Kelly there, so it worked quite perfectly. And then Tab would kind of drop back into a wing wing back position as well, and it almost looked yeah. like a three at times. And it, and also the interchanging of Lewis Cook and and Christie. Just everything seemed to just click. And I wonder if it's, I'm not saying it's its completely a finished article now, but we're starting to see those sorts of, not not partnerships, but sort of just a bit of um, know-how between the team of what, what to do when one person does this or what, you know, it's all, all seems to be a bit more fluid. Yeah, players forming those partnerships and knowing what another player is going to do without having to think about it. I mean, we all remember how Eddie's Eddie's promotion side and the first couple of years were basically built on t telepathy between the midfielders and the and the fullbacks with wingers. Um, so yeah, it, it that did look a lot stronger, I have to say. Um, and yeah, it. it I mentioned Lewis Cook filling into positions following men. You'd find him at left back or right back a few yeah. times. And you're right, Aaron's did play a little bit higher up on the right when we were in possession and it did definitely turn into a three um and it does help that newcastle really didn't press that much either um so, yeah, we, sure. so we were really comfortable in that in that um in that position but like i think you mentioned earlier it was the fact that we had the ball at the back we passed it around waited for the chance and then we did actually push on from mm. that position so often this season we've sort of passed it around the back four a bit then got pressed and whacked it long to hopefully find someone but a lot of what happened today was carefully sort of um careful build up nothing too much and if and if newcastle pressed us we passed it around them in the blink of an eye it was really positive to see um you know that that progression i feel so patrick 
in the chat. A true team game with Sinistera running right for the last 30 minutes. More of the same. It was great from Sinistera to see him put in a performance and have a bit of fun. I think he's an impact player off the bench for me, but there's so many options now. Matt, we, we've got to talk about the, the main guy up top. Six goals this season, one assist. His numbers are going to be on the screen very, very soon. I mean, I think at the start of the season, he should have been setting himself a target to get 10 Premier League goals. Interestingly, in the chat, now you're watching, we're live on YouTube and Twitter. How many goals do you think Dom Solanke should be aiming for for this Premier League season? Currently on six. Matt, he must be very, very happy with the way the season's going. His numbers compared to last season, he was scoring one in seven. He's smashing that out of the park right now. Fantastic again. Another goal inside the six-yard box. That's what I've been calling for. A proper striker reacting in the box. That's what he did for the second goal. He took his first goal well as well. Dom Solanke, main man. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the style of play, I think Iriola's style of play is, is philosophy and how we set up just just suits Dominic Solanke down to the ground. I think he was he, he cut a frustrated figure um, a lot of the time under O'Neill um, and certainly under Parker um, because of the, the the style of football. He was he was left very isolated. The way that they wanted to set up those two managers and, and play the game. Um, I just think he's this is tailor made for him really. The the way that we the way that we press high, we get numbers into the bot. You know, if you look at all the stats, all the numbers. It's all tailor made for Dom Solanke to to score more goals, isn't it? He's getting uh, he's getting more support than he's had. Um, not every minute of every game, but when we do when we do attack like we did on Saturday and we do go forward, we're getting bodies forward. Uh, we're into Lincoln. He, he's not having to come so deep, which means he's more effective in in the box. So he's getting more more opportunities. But that has a knock on effect then because his confidence is is grown as well. He's he's he, he started the season with a goal, um, and 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 that. Has, has been the catalyst for him really to grow. It, it's a confidence game again. Going back to mentality, it's all it's all in the in the mind. A lot of it's it's confidence. But he's got this style of play that Iriola is trying to develop now, and, and the philosophy and how we set up and how we play is going to suit him down to the ground. And I saw an interesting stat on Dom earlier. Actually, um, it, it, it the covered Callum Wilson one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, again, I don't go on social media, but I was on there again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is covered... what you did tonight because otherwise you'd have nothing to speak about. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. I thought I better do a bit of research when <laughs> coming on. So, yeah, I saw the stat that Callum Wilson's time at Bournemouth and the amount of matches he played compared to his goals, Dominic Solanke's time at, at Bournemouth, matches played in goals is very, very similar. And it shocked me. It shocked me to the core, really. I thought Wilson would, would be well ahead of Solanke, but not, not the case at all. Um, and I've seen other. I've seen other um, in other sectors of the media, them sort of you know touting him for a potential England call up in the in the near future. You know, is is he that far behind Callum Wilson for an England call up? And you sort of think, well, actually, possibly not. To be honest, why not? If he carries on the way as you just said it there, Kurt, you set him what ten goals for the season. I don't see any reason why this season he can't score a minimum of fifteen. To be honest, now from where from where he's at at this point. And with the way that the side is developing and we feel like things are starting to build, there's no way, you know, he is our talisman. With The worry for me, as we've said previously, and as every Bournemouth fan will be thinking, is if he gets an injury. Because if he gets an injury, not only is it uh, is it really, really bad for him personally, but it's absolutely horrendous for us as a, as a team and as a club. It could have catastrophic consequences because I'm not sure that anybody can step into his shoes right now that we, we've got in the squad at the moment. But the man himself, you know, is he, we talked about Christie's work rate in the midfield. Well, Dom Dom's work rate 
it never changes. You're always going to get 100% from him. And that, that never changes week on week, week in, week out. And the amount of work he still gets through, and yet now he's adding he's adding more goals to his game than he did last season. And yet last season we were saying what a good player he is and what an asset he is to us as a team. Now he's adding the numbers in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net, but he's still doing the work as well. He's still getting through all of that work, linking play, dropping deep when he needs to. Uh, all, all the running that he does off the ball, on the ball as well, running at defenders, the strength and pace that he's got. He's just the complete package for me. He, he's, he's an all-round centre-forward in every single aspect. And the, the sky is still very much the limit for him. I think an England call-up isn't out of reach for him. Um, so the second worry I've got, one is injury and two is him being stolen in January by <laughs> Eddie Howe. You know, I can see it. I can see it coming. A mile no off. chance. He's not I going anywhere. See Newcastle, I said it after the game on Saturday, how will buy him in January. He went straight up to him after the game, I was watching on TV and sort of hugged him and said something to him. And I bet he was saying to him, come join us in January, Don, come on, you've done your stint here. And that would be a, a massive concern for me if we were to lose Dom Solanke. But I can't speak highly enough of, of the lad. I've, I've always been a fan. I think a lot of us have. Some people don't see it and, and haven't seen it and a bit got frustrated with him. But We've always seen a player there with, with massive potential and he's he's starting to show that again now at the top level, which is the only question mark remaining. Could he score goals in the Premier League? And well, he's proven now that he can do that as well. Well, I, I think, think the... Um, sorry, Kurt. Ahead, the, um, the, the issue that people have had with Dom was that he's not scoring enough goals. Yeah, which, exactly. you know, last, yeah. last year you could have queried that, certainly. He did yeah, underperform his numbers yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he was also providing a lot. He obviously got more, exactly more assists than he got goals last year. Now but he's doing season, it all. Yeah. Um, he's very much more the central man. He's 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 hitting his targets for in terms of expected goals. He's pretty much bang on what you would have thought with, with six so far. Um, but he's 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 XG his XG has gone up nicely. He's now at 0.45-ish per 90 now, as opposed to 0.25 last season or roughly those numbers. Uh, you know, he's just been given more chances. He's getting himself into good positions, but he's also not he's he's not being tasked with being more the, the more creative player either. He's got, in the system we've got now, you just need to work hard and, you know, other people will be able to get the ball to you, which they are obviously doing. So, um, it's, it's yeah. Taylor it's, it's, for him, John, isn't it? Yeah, and and I, and I mean, I do think that as much as I don't think the club will let him go in January at all, we can't. He Surely is a player that is very much capable of playing for a team in the top half of the league. And if we keep, we just need to try and become that team rather than letting him go to a different one. Yeah, absolutely. And Steve, Steve, don't worry. I think Bill Foley's just sent me a notification. He said I wouldn't even accept a hundred million. I was just plus about Callum to say. Wilson. I was just about to say. What would you take for him? Not a hundred million plus Callum is, Wilson. Is he? He's not for sale. Okay. Well, uh, it's the difference he... between promotion and relegation, really, isn't it? So, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. Could plus, be. So, Steve, yeah. I think Don Slanky's target at the start of the season should have been ten. Well, on for that, AFCB Fan TV thinks ten. Matthew Gale thinks thirteen now. Spells fifteen. Mark eighteen. Twelve to fifteen for Stephen Dyer. Chris wants 15 goals. Mark Cole wants 15. So does Sammy. There seems to be a number appearing 15. Wing should get 20. Create chances. I mean, Steve, Dom Slanky also made team of the week this week on Sofa Score. He's had a great weekend. Yeah, he made Garth Crooks' team of the week as well on the BBC. And um, Alan Shearer's. And Alan Shearer's, yeah. Um, you may... 
Are you going to make this little game into a competition for the for the chat members? What's what's what are you going to How put on the goals line? Tom Slanky will score. Yeah, whoever gets it, whoever gets it right. If there's a draw, we'll have them all on for a, for a um, Cherry's Red Army penalty shootout. Okay, Steve does not someone... represent the opinions of Cherry's Red Army. <laughs> we'll have um... to clip the chat then and see where we're at on game thirty-eight or game no, thirty-seven. I, I think he's. Um... Well, he's like you say, he's already halfway there, isn't he? So, and we're not even halfway through the season. So, there's 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 a good argument to say he could get, you know, upwards of fifteen towards twenty um, if he carries on this tra- trajectory. Um, mm. You know, he, he's always had it within him. He was, I mean, even from an early age. I remember reading articles about him at Chelsea when he was in the youth academy. I think he was in there with Tammy Abraham, I believe. And they were scoring forty-five, you know, goals each, the pair of them in that, in that, in that. And he he was like player of the tournament in in the under nineteens or the under seventeens World Cup or something like that. So, you know, it's an accolade that like the likes of Messi have won. You know, he, he's always had an, a, a talent, and it's just I think his progression through the teams he went to because he was never going to get a chance at Chelsea. Let's be honest. Uh, and then he went to Liverpool, and I think that was when Liverpool got Klopp, and they they just they moved too quickly for him. They started developing, and Dom was still in his development, um, and they got some big names that he was never going to dislodge there. And then he came to us, and it was perfect for him under the wing of Eddie, and and he looked. I mean, I do remember at the start. I don't think he scored for us for about a year. Um, no, he didn't. He made he made loads, and I believe, if I remember rightly, it was a cup game. One goal. I'm going to say, was it Luton? Yes, in the, FA, in the FA Cup. Yeah, FA Cup. Yeah, and he got. Yeah, that was his. And it was team. it was a scrappy little goal, but it got him. It got him. You know, it just you thought, yeah. oh, brilliant! I'm so, I'm so pleased for him, and he's just steadily grown, and I, I see such a complete like like Matt just said, such a complete uh, centre forward now. Last week. Um, even against Man City, some of the best defenders in the world. I thought his hold-up play was incredible. His strength, his his turn of pace. He's, he he has got literally everything. He's not like amazing. Not not one of his attributes outweighs massively anything else. So he's not like hugely quick or massively good in the air. He's just got ev- a bit of everything, and he's a you know he's he's just an absolute no-brainer of an asset to us. We cannot afford to lose him. And we do go into the international break as we are talking above the dotted line. 17th, nine points on the board. So coming up on Cherry's Red Army, we may, we are looking to do a fan debate show on Thursday, live stream, hit notification bell, follow us on our socials. So I'll confirm the time. But yeah, we'll get some more fans on to see how they're feeling so far after 12 games. So do check that out. We'll be back for Cherries in Focus, episode 19, likely to be following Thursday as we prepare for Sheffield United. Thank you so much for the love and interaction this evening. As I go round the room, as the guys say goodbye on this episode, I suppose, John, the thought going into the international break and into that Sheffield United game for Andoni is about getting some freshness back into the team. And what does he do with the squad? I mean, it feels like it's an unchanged team going to Bramall Lane for me. Yeah, well, of course, we do have quite a few internationals going off. Um, 
to to play for their for their countries. Um, although only a few of them are starters, uh, actually, in in terms of you know quite a few of them are, are the ones that were on the bench last week. But yeah, it's the ones that are still around. Give them a bit of time off, let them rest, let them recuperate, um, particularly after a very energetic game. Um, and then, yeah, you've got a lot of time to prepare for one of the biggest games of the season so far, um, away to Sheffield United. It's not the most glamorous name, but because they're we're, they're down with us, um, it's uh, it's a very important one for us to get um, get points on the board from. So, uh, so yeah, the, the boys can be absolutely delighted with with their performance and uh, and can take that positivity into these uh, next two weeks. John, thank you very much. I feel like if we can continue to grow like this, there's going to be a bit more content out there for you for the rest of the season. Yes, I have a feeling there will be. Matt, thank you very much. We're going to be heading to Sheffield in just over a week. Looking forward to it. We went there in the Championship, nil-nil. Great Mark Travers save against Gibbs White, if I can recall. And it does feel a moment where if we can get that first away win, we can get away even further from the relegation zone, but also pull others into it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going as well, which is uh, which will be nice. So, yes. Yes, Steve. I'll see you there, Matt. Well, yes, John. Yeah, look, you're going as well. We've got a full house and we're yep. all going. We're all well. going. And Aaron's going Ooh. as well. It is a Aaron's full house. We'll get an image. We have to get an image. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to it. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a very, very different game to the, to the like John said earlier, I think it's horses with courses. This game is going to be very different to the Newcastle game. Um they're going to be bang up for it. They've had a couple of good results as well. Don't forget, um, and they're they're fighting, and that's a not an easy place to go. Bramall Lane with the crowd behind them, passionate uh, Yorkshire crowd behind them. So we're going to have to um, show a different side to us in that game. Um, it's going to be a totally different uh, experience, and we're going to have to show a different side. And if we can come through that, that will be equally as pleasing, really, as the as the Newcastle win, because we are going to have to adapt and, and show a different. Uh, mentality in a different side to us so I'm really looking forward to it and it's a, it's a big game great city Sheffield you know I know it quite well and uh, yeah I can't wait and Steve Wing agrees with you thinks Dom Solanke is vital for us it's been a tough start to the season Steve but we do love these streams we know there's going to be some tough episodes and we're going to have to talk about some stuff that's going to touch the nerve a little bit but it was pretty much a perfect weekend perfect Saturday got outside the relegation zone Great stream. And we move on to a big game against Sheffield United. Yeah, you talk about a tough start to the season. We all knew it was a good, going to be a tough start to the season. We've been talking about it all pre-season. As soon as we saw the fixtures, we were all sort of looking at, blimey, we might not get points till October and our confidence might be a bit low. But then when, when you do finally get that win that we did against Burnley and then we had a good performance against Liverpool in the Cup and now we've beaten Newcastle, it's really, like I said earlier, right at the beginning of the start of the stream, the vibe around the place is just better at the moment. It's different. It's it's amazing what a, a couple of weeks does for you in football with a few good results. Um, the, the atmosphere and the crowd last Saturday, we just want to take that to Sheffield now because I really, you know, it's, it was great to see. It's, it's been a long while since we've been that loud. And, um, you know, our away support is notoriously loud. I'm sure you boys will be singing your hearts out. I certainly will be. Um, and the kids for that matter but yeah it'd be great um cheers to everyone in the chat it's been a good good talk tonight yeah. good debate yeah great debate thanks yeah. to everyone in the chat. Really um, enjoyed i just it. wanted to pick up on one last thing that aaron brought up 
quickly around the room. Does Dom? Does um? Does Phil Billing walk straight back in? Feels like an unchanged side for me. Yeah, absolutely. United. I think no, it's tough. I'm going to say. Tough. I'm going to say he does, and unfortunately, Clivert misses out. And I get that. Yeah. I and I do right. understand because I think that. he was the least effective, no. and that's no slight on him. Mm. He's still no. good performance, but I just think Billing. I get yeah, that. I, get I, like, I do see it. Yeah. I mean, again I... with Clivert, I know we're going back into the players now, but Clivert <laughs> had a good performance. But I also, as I said, in a few weeks, just that strength side of him that that lets him down at times. Once he gets the space to open up into and drives forward, he's great. Um, but, yeah, look, Billing's it's a big player for us. Billing's a big what? player for us. We just need yeah, him is. to. But I'm I'm always a big believer in you don't change a winning side. You know, when you've won like that in the manner that yeah, you've won, that. don't change it. And there's more to come from Cliver. So I would, um, you know, by all means, have Billing to bring off the bench for this one. But I wouldn't change too much if he didn't have to. I think Cliver will will come up, will deliver the goods eventually. That's where I think I'm at. Unchanged. Don't change a winning side. Yeah, fair Thank enough. you, John. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, everyone. Amazing fans that's joined this interactive thank you to anyone who's watched us back on replay smash the like button if you haven't done it already we'll see you on cherries in focus in just over a week we'll see you in a few days for the fan debate show cherries got the job done against eddie Howe's newcastle first time we beat newcastle at home have a great week we'll see you on the next one up cherries up the cherries up the cherries up the cherries